Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment presents The Heart of the Order, your home for baseball and fantasy baseball with your host, me, Ralph Lark. And now, let's check in on The Heart of the Order. What do you say we just talk some more baseball? Yeah, I'm pumped to get it going again. It's your boy, Ralph. Welcome back, Tiger Bombers. Next episode of The Heart of the Order is underway right now, as in right now. Thanks for joining me again, guys. Another cool episode. Hope you enjoyed last week. Hope you enjoyed the throwback uniform countdown. That was fun. If you guys want to see other countdowns, let me know. And there's a lot of ways you can actually let us know here at The Heart of the Order. You can email the team, theheartoftheorder at tigerbombsae.com. That would be a great place to send suggestions for future countdowns or anything else that you may want to hear about here at the Heart of the Order. As I mentioned already, we got a nice episode lined up for you today. We're going to talk about a couple of different things. We'll start the show with the the look at the Daily Fantasy slate for today on DraftKings, the night slate, so that people that want to play the evening rounds and at this point because it's so later in the day maybe you want to play like the the last two games of the night or something like that for whatever the reason we're going to get through the dfs stuff first and accurately so you can pause and go and set some lineups and come right back to us that's what we're going to do but today we're also going to touch on a few other baseball related topics as well we're going to talk today about the Kucho, the Keiko, excuse me, and Kimbrel signings, Dallas Keiko and Craig Kimbrel signing with their new respective teams. We're going to talk about when we should see them, okay? When, when can you expect for Keiko and Kimbrel to be on the mound throwing pitches for their new teams? So we'll go over that. We'll also touch on some key returning players. I have four guys specifically that I want you to know are back in action today as you listen to this. And we'll talk about their importance for their teams. We're also going to touch today on the state of the Phillies. If if your head hasn't been under a rock or in some sand this week, then you know there's some things going on in Philadelphia that we need to talk about. So we'll do that. And there's a specific minor league play that I want to talk about today. And I want to get your opinion and give you my opinion on what went down and why I don't have a problem with the scenario that ultimately ended up causing the benches to clear during this minor league game. So that's how we're going to spend our time today. If you're listening on an app, I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Whether that be Spotify, whether that be Stitcher, whether that be iTunes, whatever the case, Apple Music, Go ahead, hit the like or subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes of The Heart of the Order or anything that we do here at Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. You will notice there are other things in there. You may see some The Process episodes. You may see The Countout in there. Those are other things going on here at Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. They all can be found in those apps. And you can find The Heart of the Order and everything else here at Tiger Bomb over at the website, www.tigerbombsae.com. Click on the Heart of the Order page and you can see all types of goodies. I don't know if anybody has realized it, but we did put up 
some fantasy tips, just some guidelines to live by for daily fantasy strategy. Those are posted on the website every day, all the time, on the Heart of the Order page if you just scroll down, along with all the other information that is there for you. If on Facebook you want to find the Heart of the Order, at the Heart of the Order 1, if you search that, you should find our page. It comes up no problem. And we're always posting things there, as well as links to the brand new episodes. And the Heart of the Order is on Twitter too, y'all. If tweeting's your thing, get at me. We are on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I mostly man that uh, handle for us here at the Heart of the Order, and that is at H of the O T B S A E. All right, so we've gotten the business out of the way, and now let's take a look at our daily fantasy slate for this evening. So we have six games in the DraftKings slate this evening. And let's just kind of go over what we're going to see so that you guys can go and take some picks. Um, I made these selections off of these six games, but as I mentioned in the intro to the show here, you may at this point be on to the nightcap games. So like the the specifically the, the last three games, but we're going to go over all six, okay? And let's start with the Dodgers at the Giants. Uh, Rich Hill going up against Jeff Samarja. Giant, uh, Dodgers are minus 235 favorite, and there's a line of eight and a half runs. That's the over-under. All right, so what we'll do is just kind of go through each game. I'll give you what I, what I noticed there, and then at the end, I'll go back and give you my picks position by position and their price points on DraftKings so it all makes sense. So... Really like Rich Hill here. He's been on fire lately. The dude's pitching out of his mind. Doesn't look like he's going to slow down today. This is still a weak Giants lineup. I do want to call out um, Matt Yastrzemski coming up. Yep, uh, we all know. Uh, excuse me, Mike Yastrzemski, I should say. But we all know the legendary family, and we all know what Dad's done. Um, but anyways... Uh, this has been his first week up. He's uh, swinging a pretty decent bat. Uh, it's just not the best. Uh, he's in the leadoff spot today, but I don't know if he's going to be okay with splits against lefties. He's a lefty. So it's a lefty-on-lefty matchup, which is why I don't like him. But it is curious that he's in the leadoff spot. So I'll have to dive deeper into hit the specifics of how he matches up and how he profiles against left-handed pitchers being a left-handed batter because it doesn't always work out to be... Uh, just a negative, and we'll see that. There's a guy today that I'm going to recommend uh, who is a shining example of this. All right, so if you want to, um, you know, keep going, Rich Hill, don't like Jeff Samarja today. I don't like any of the bats from San Francisco because I just don't need to take that chance. On the Dodgers side, um, they have a lot of lefties, and I think that Samarja may be in trouble today. Um, the park does help him. Um, he's pretty savvy, but not sure. I just I just think that somebody's going to get him, whether it be Bellinger uh, or, or Turner today. And although he's hitting low in the order, I'll recommend Kike Hernandez today as well. But seriously, all these guys are in play. I'm not going to go person by person, but based on what you're trying to fit in in your lineup, I would not tell you no to any of the Dodgers today. Because he's going to give something up. I just don't know to who. I like Turner because I, I do like the park sh- um, placement for the Giants. And so I'm just not sure if he will um, 
you know, maybe he doesn't give up the long ball, but he gets hits around the park a lot. And I like the uh, Turner's chances of grounding out some doubles, um, some things like that. So I'll recommend those that side of it. Now, moving forward, we can go to the Colorado Rockies at the Mets. And this one is a Mets minus 120 favorite. You got John Gray going up against Steven Matz, over-unders eight runs. Um, we know that we like to pick on Colorado when they're not at home. They don't seem to swing the bat as well, but there are still certain guys in here that I like. Steven Matz isn't overpowering by any means, and I and the Rockies have been hot lately. They're like eight and two in their last ten games, or something crazy like that. So they're swinging the they're swinging the hot bat right now, um, and they're getting the job done. So to that accord today. I don't like John Gray. Um, I also don't like Steven Matz. I just don't think that neither one of those guys is going to be completely dominant today. I could see each of them giving up about four runs or whatever the case may be. But as far as bats go for Colorado, Blackman, uh, we'll touch on him a little later. I don't like him today, even though he's back and he's leading off. It's lefty versus lefty matchup. But I do like Trevor's story. Um, I do like Nolan Arenado today, and we're going to take David Dahl, too, even though he is a lefty, and this is a lefty-on-lefty matchup. If you look at David Dahl's numbers, he just simply crushes left-handed pitching. Like, this is what I mean when I say it's not, it doesn't always work out. Like, don't just look at the handedness and take it. Like, last episode, we talked about handedness. But we also said it's not something to get married to. Don't make it your Bible. But you want to notice things and you want to notice themes so to that degree if you were to go to a site like um fan graphs which we've talked about lately um you could look up numbers for david Dahl this year and he's actually got a higher average versus lefties than he does righties that's 360 versus 331 to righties so been doing pretty good anyway um, smaller sample size, but he's got 50 at-bats. So over 50 at-bats, he's swinging a 360 average. Um, he's got 11 singles, 18 hits, no home runs, but he's got 11 runs. So here's the thing. He can he, he puts it in play, right? He doesn't strike out uh, quite as often as he usually does. He's not homering against the lefty, but he's putting it in play, at least with the single, and he's getting on. So... I like that. I will take my chances with that today because they have him for this reason in front of Arenado. So there's a nice stack there for you. And again, because they're not in Colorado, people may not be thinking about that. So those are the uh, Rockies that I like. On the other side of things, uh, for the Mets, um, McNeil's kind of cooled off, but I do like Pete Alonzo today. Dominic Smith I like today as well. Um, He's been swinging a hot bat. Not a large sample size yet, but at this point, um, he's been serviceable for the little bit of time that he's been out there. And to me, the thing that I really like about him is that even if you want to take a look at his splits, um, he's kind of been serviceable to both sides of the plate. So even as a um, left-handed hitter, which he is, um, that's left, throws left, um, look at this, against lefties this year, he's got a 429 average, now again, this is only over 14 at-bats, 16 plate appearances, but 
I like that. Um, he's getting the job done. He's getting on. Um, he's got a 375 average, over 56 at bats, 67 plate appearances versus righties. So um, he's coming on. He's coming on, and he may not be on people's radar yet, but we like him. So I like Dominic Smith today, um, and he's bad third right behind Pete Alonzo. I like Wilson Ramos at catcher today. I'm really going to recommend two catchers today. He's going to be one of them. So those are the guys that I like there. Now, moving on, next contest is um, such a, always a great heated rivalry matchup, but you got the Cardinals visiting the Cubs, Jack Flaherty going up against John Lester. And this one, is, St. Louis is a minus 120 favorite over under set at seven and a half runs. I can see this one going over, if that's your thing, to be worried about the over-under. Lester's been really good lately, and that's probably why the over-under is so low. They're expecting um, for him to do his job, and I would recommend him today. I'm really only going to recommend a couple of guys today, and he'll be one of them. Um, so far, I've only recommended Rich Hill, and now he's the second. So um, I just like him. There's a, you know... Some of the better bets on St. Louis, in my opinion, were some of the guys that have been a little warmer. They are mismatched. Lester's a lefty. Carpenter's a lefty. I I don't know. Um, Wong's also a lefty. Matt Weider's switch hits better from the left side a little bit, in my opinion. So you take those guys out of the equation, really, today. And left, you know, I do like Marcelo Zuna, but... Goldschmidt's been cold. DeJong's been cold. Martinez's been cold. I like Harrison Bader today if you want to pay down. I think he's like $3,400, which we'll talk about later. But um, I don't mind if you want to take those guys. But if I had to take a stand and it's such a short slate, you may need the, you may need the choice because of the price points. I would go with Lester. That's who um, in between the two today. But Jack Flaherty could just as well pitch, you know, a great game too. I just like these Cub bats. They're hot right now. I like Chris Bryant today, I like Rizzo today, I like Javi Baez today, and the second and only other catcher I'll recommend today, Wilson Contreras, I like him today too. I also like David Bodie at the bottom of the order there as well. He's been swinging the bat well lately, he's going to bat seventh, I'm into it. Um, that's what I like in that game. So moving on, um, the next contest would be again for that you know later, later slate, and this is going to be Oakland against Texas. So Chris Bassett versus Adrian Sampson. Um, let me try to refresh. I didn't have a line um, earlier when I was looking at this. Like every contest has a line. Maybe they can't figure out what's going to happen in this one yet either. But the thing about Oakland, and last night it kind of came true a little bit, um, they don't hit a lot of bombs, but they are more consistent against lefties. They got a lot of guys um, that are pretty good against lefties, and they'll single you to death and get on and get on and get on. And then you have like last night where Piscotty finally hits, you know, the home run. But that's their thing. A lot of these guys are, um, you know, very very good against lefties. Now against righties, they experience some struggles. Yeah, there's still no line on this one yet, guys. So they do have some struggles. Um, I think that Adrian Sampson is a weaker picture. I really like to target him. He's terrible against righties. Not too bad against lefties, but I don't... Like, here's the thing. Like, he's terrible against righties, but any of the guys that you want to pick today um, for Oakland that are kind of in a good spot, like you think Chris Davis, Laureano, Fegley, Pender, all these guys you think about, 
none of them hit the righties that well. It's all the lefties. So it's weird. So in a weird way, I'm going to go ahead and recommend Adrian Sampson today just because as I peer into it, it doesn't appear to be a great matchup for Oakland, even though yesterday was a uh, better matchup for them because they were facing the lefty. Now, maybe the odds makers are having problems with this one too because they, like I said, there's no line, there's no over under yet. So I don't, you know, they might be struggling to figure it out as well. I like the Texas Bats against Chris Bassett. I mean, he hasn't pitched poorly, but I don't think he's as well, as good of a pitcher as he's being made out to be. Um, Oh, before I forget, Robbie Grossman, you could take him from Oakland. You could take him. Um, I would try him. Now, on the other side of things, I do like Chu. He profiles well here against Bassett. Um, Elvis Andrews, who had a big night last night, I like him as well. And... Ronan Odor is uh, cheaply priced, so you could take a look at him as well today. Um, I also like uh, Danny Santana a little bit, but he's very low in the order and he's very expensive, so that may be something to personally drive me off of him. Uh, Chu's pretty expensive, but he's leading off and um, he's got he profiles well right here today against this righty. Um, okay, so moving on, the next game is Seattle against the Angels, and again, the Angels typically. A little bit more problems with lefties, but sometimes they can come through um, for their side today. You, you know, Mike Trout's always in play. You can never say he's not in play. Um, Kevin Smith, a catcher, if you really want to. I mean, his numbers look good. I probably won't get there, but I don't, I'm not going to fault you if you go there. Cole Calhoun, even when he's, like, you know, you guys know that I believe in this whole Whoever bats in front of Mike Trout, if it's Listella or Calhoun, you play them and then you fade the other one and you just double stack with Trout. If neither of them is going ahead of Trout, then you just play Trout and you can leave those guys off. But what I will say is this. Against lefties, they've been playing Listella in front of Trout and they've been playing Calhoun. And you could almost fade Listella. I'm probably not going to get to Trout today. He's very expensive. I don't have a problem fading Listella and Trout if you just want to play Calhoun. I also just like the bottom of the order. I like Puello. I like um, Rangifo as well. So if you need some salary savers, don't feel bad about them. Um, now, on the other side of things, Seattle, they may get Skaggs to open or something like that, but then it's going to be Peters. They're going to see some lefties today. And as far as they go, um, I just not, like, I, I less trust them with lefties, but there are a few guys that I'll take a shot on. Um, today, if you want to go with Encarnacion, that's probably okay. Um, he's probably batting a little, like he's fifth or is he fourth today? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go with him. But Kyle Seeger, if you want to save some salary, I have him in lineup. Um, Kyle Seeger today, he's a lefty, but he profiles well against lefty. So again, so again, that's that lefty on lefty crime we're looking for. Shed Long is also at the bottom of the order today. If you want to save a little money, I won't be going there, but fine if you want to do it and then the last contest um, this evening is going to be the Nationals against the Padres Max Scherzer versus Eric Lauer Washington's a minus 180 favorite over-unders at seven and a half runs Um, I'm sorry for for the previous game the Angels are the favorite minus 140 the over-unders nine and a half runs I'm fine with that so again you could you know uh, that would suggest that there's going to be some magic from the Seattle side now, back to Washington and San Diego. Don't know what's going on with Washington. They've been having some struggles out here in San Diego. Don't know if it's the time difference or what, but this is a team that profiles well against lefties, and they haven't been getting the job done. 
I've been writing them. I can't stop now because it's just so good. First of all, obviously Scherzer's in play. You don't need me to tell you that. Um, there's a lot of righties on the other side against him. They did put in Greg Garcia, Josh Naylor, and they have Eric Hosmer today. Um, if you want to just for a salary saver, take a one-off, that's fine because Scherzer does, you know, he'll give up like one home run, like as a one-off. He will do that. We know he'll do that. Um, but I wouldn't be stacking those dudes. I'm not even like, no, don't try to get sassy and stack all the lefties. No, just one of them. If you want to play Naylor, that's fine. I probably won't just play Garcia alone. Hosmer, if you want to save some money, he's very cheap today. And you could just play him if you just wanted to. Um, you could also just take Machado. But again, I'm stressing just one dude, just one guy, because you're almost just home run hunting. And I'm only suggesting it because it's a shorter slate. If we had like one of those 10, 11, 14 game slates, then no need to even do that home run hunt right there. But those are the games and how I see them. Now, let's go back through one more time position by position. So to sum it up, for the pitchers, I'm recommending on DraftKings, Rich Hill, who's 11K, and John Lester, I'm sorry, Max Scherzer, who's 12K, then Rich Hill, who's 11K. I recommended Lester today at 7,400 and Samson at 6,400. Personally, I probably will not pay up for Scherzer. Um, Even though 12K is just fine, that's okay. You could do it. I'm just going to save $1,000 because Rich Hill's been really, really, really good. Um, I feel like he's been better than Scherzer lately. So I'll stick with Rich Hill at 11K. And like I said, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is and pair him with Samson. I hope it doesn't blow up. But here is where stacking comes into play. In full candor, guys, I will have a stack. Um, like I'll have one other lineup, and that's going to be the Oakland stack against Samson. I, I just, I, I think they don't profile well. I really believe in it. So I'll just do the, 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 the one other lineup as a hedge bet. This is my way to hedge it today because I am going all in with Samson. So if he blows up, then that one lineup with the Oakland stack should be um, pushing that you know, line up into some contention. And if he doesn't blow up, um, then yeah, then I picked right. So those are my four pitchers. Catchers, I told you guys, I'm only recommending two guys today. At the top, I'll go with Wilson Contreras at 4,400 or Wilson Ramos at 3,800. I'm just going to cap it there. I'm really trying to get more concise with my picks for you guys. Sometimes I'm going to have a lot of guys because you should consider all these guys. But sometimes I won't. Like today, I will give you more options in the outfield. And a lot of these guys are outfield eligible as well, right? So there'll be dual options there. First base, though, um, let's just start at the top. Uh, Very expensive, but also very worth it. Chris, so Cody Bellinger today at 5,600. I like him. Um, Howie Kendrick profiles very well against the lefties. I think he's first and third eligible, $5,200. It has not worked so far this week, but I'm back at it again today. Lauer isn't great, and his problems come with the righties. I'm, I'm, I want this. I think this can happen. So Kendrick at $5,200, I, I think, is a good p- play today. Also up there, kind of expensive, Pete Alonso at $4,800 and Rizzo at $4,600, uh, along with Encarnacion at $4,600. If I had to pick between the two, of Rizzo and Encarnacion, I would say Encarnacion because he's going to be less popular than Rizzo. Rizzo brings name value, people think of power, 
Encarnacion's playing out there in Seattle. There's less notoriety. Doesn't mean he can't get the job done, though, and he's equal or greater value with Rizzo today. Um, I also like if we get just a little bit cheaper, I'm going to give you two guys. Again, we mentioned Dominic Smith at $4,000, so 4 k if you want to be right middle of the road, I, you could feel very comfortable with that. He profiles extremely well today. And then at the bottom, I mentioned Eric Hosmer, 3600 if you really want to save some money. Now, second base, um, let's start at the expensive end. Um, the, the most expensive guy that I would recommend is Danny Santana. He's second base eligible, um, I think also third base. But me personally, just in full candor, I'm not going there today, guys, because... He's too low in the batting order, so I would kind of like him to not be batting seventh if I'm going to pay $4,700 for him, and he's home too, so they let's say they're winning, then he's not guaranteed, you know, he's really not guaranteed, um, you know, they're not guaranteed that they get three at-bats in the eighth, and because he's so low in the order, I'm sorry, in the ninth, in the ninth they may not get three at-bats if they're, if they're winning, so they don't get those at-bats, but also in the eighth, because he's so low in the order, he may not get to bat so I don't know I just don't think he'll have enough opportunity even though he should be a good play today um now after him you go with Bodie who I would consider at $4,300 from there it's just going to be a salary save kind of day for me um next guys I'll drop down to Kike Hernandez at $3,900 I will take Rangifo at $3,700 and Ronan Odor at $3,500 today I really like him. He's batting sixth just ahead of Santana. Um, so again, not um, too high up in the order, but he's so much cheaper, right? And I don't, I don't, I like it even if you want to stack those two, Odor and Santana. They profile well today. That could be a way to kind of um, hedge some of the expensiveness of Santana if you stack them up with Odor because Odor is cheaper. The two salaries will balance each other out a little bit. So. That's what I like at second today. Now, third base, um, I've got some expensive options. Again, at the top, Rendon for the Nationals. He just profiles so well. 55K, profiles well against the lefty. Hasn't been working out super stupendously this series, but let's try it again today. I really think this is a good spot, and I'm not going to shy away from it. Baseball is just a numbers thing, so I got to keep playing the numbers. Um, from there, I will recommend Nolan Arenado at $5,400. He profiles well today against the lefty. We know Matt's can stumble from time to time. I think Arenado can do it. We all, we talked about David Dahl earlier. There's a great chance he'll be on in front of Arenado and then Arenado can, you know, do his thing. Um, I also like Chris Bryant at $4,500 today. I like Fletcher from the Angels. He's third base eligible, $4,200, also outfield eligible. He is their best bet against lefties, in my opinion. So if he plays today, there you go. But I don't think he's playing today. Yeah, he's not in the confirmed lineup. Some of these teams got to learn how to get it right. I think earlier in the week we saw the, the Blue Jays against a lefty not play Rowdy Tellez or Rowdy Tells or whatever his name is. Dude profiles the best of any of your players against the lefty. He's got a 295 batting average all year against lefties, and you sit him? Like, some of these managers act like they don't know what they're doing or that they don't know how to, you know, put a lineup together. Today, Texas, for example, we just get them talking about that. It should go Chew. Then you could do Danny Santana, 
then I would do Elvis Andrews, then you could do um, Odor. Like, why? But instead, they're going Chu, DeShields, Andrews, Mazzara, Forsyth, Odor, Santana, Guzman. It just doesn't make sense. So sometimes, and people will always think that they'll defer to the to the manager or the MLB guys because they think that they know something you don't. No, it's common sense. Like, Fletcher should be in the damn lineup today, and he's not. He waters down that lineup because they are starting to find some guys that can't hit against weak lefties. Um, I really wish they had him in there. Um, that would lengthen that order a little bit more, but such as it is, that's it. So continuing with third base after my little rant right there, um, outside of Fletcher, I will next go to Turner at 4K. I think he's a great option. And I was trying to fit in Arenado into a lineup earlier. I couldn't do it. So I ended up paying down with Turner and you should feel fine about that today. We discussed him earlier and Kyle Seager at 3,500 on the cheap end profiles well against a lefty. Um, he's not too high in the order. I think he's batting sixth, but um, he's not that expensive. And I do think that um, he can, I, I think he can, uh, he can touch him up today. All right, those are the third basemen. And so let's go to shortstop. Next up, um, so at the top, I'm going to go with Trevor Story, 5,600, also profiling well against the lefties. So now there comes out the stack. And I think we're being a little clever because Colorado's on the road. People won't like him. I would leave off Blackman because, again, lefty on lefty, not his thing. But Story, Dahl, Arenado, that looks juicy right there. 56K um, for Story. It is a bit expensive, but if you can do it by, you know, maybe doing something like paying down with Samson and Lester, pairing them together, you know, you could probably fit in a pretty interesting lineup down there. So after story, my next expensive guy would be Trey Turner. Again, a righty from uh, the Nationals that profiles well against the lefty. And again, Lauer has serious problems with righties. And I just like this stack too. I really want, I like, but again, they're out of order. So again, this may be less profile, maybe less popular, but you got Trey Turner leading off, but then you get Rendon, and then you got Ken. They almost skip, right? Then you got Kendrick. I like those dudes, but they got other dudes in between them. So it's a little harder for me to want to stack that. And again, that's like what I'm talking about. Like, those are your guys that are good against lefties. Choke them up at the top of the lineup instead of spacing it out like that. I don't know if they're trying to lengthen the lineup or what they're trying to do, but it just looks like checkered checkerboard or jagged teeth or something to me, you know? You really want to tighten that up, fellas. But nonetheless, you could play Trey Turner today. Elvis Andrews, I mentioned earlier, at 4,500, I'll play him. And, oh, I'm sorry, don't let me forget about Javi Baez. Strikes out a lot, still swinging a hot bat. Has a very good chance to go yard today against Flaherty um, or at least get some ribbies under his belt. So at 4,600, I'll take him. And then finally, finally, um, in the outfield, um... So I've got quite a few options for you guys just considering um, that outfit is three spaces. David Dahl at $4,800, right? We I'm not going to talk about the guys that I've mentioned already at other positions like Cody Bellinger, Dominic Smith. You know that you could pick those guys. Um, but David Dahl at $4,800. Chu at 5400 also. Um, I also like Trout at $5,000. Um, Hunter Pence at 5,500. Um, Marcelo Zuma at 5,000. 
Um, I also like uh, Malik Smith, $4,300 for Seattle. Again, another guy that profiles well against the lefty, and he's actually leading off, even though he's a lefty, so people won't pick him. But I can see some lefty-on-lefty crime, and he's at the top of the order. I like Victor Robles at 4K as well. Puelo from the Angels at 4100 um, Cole Calhoun at 4400 um, And then Harrison Bader at 3400 I'm sorry I went out of order there, but just want to make sure that I got everybody. So again, Harrison Bader, 3400 Marcelo Zuma, 5K. David Dahl, 4800 Chu, 5400 Hunter Pence, 5500 Cole Calhoun, 4400 Puelo, 4100 Mike Trout, 5000 Malik Smith, 4,300, and Victor Robles at 4K. So those are my guys that I'm recommending. So good luck to you all in that uh, late portion of the slate. And uh, just go on ahead and pause it and come right back to the rest of us. So next we should take a moment and talk about the Recent signings this week and their effects on things moving forward. Number one, Dallas Keuchel signs a, I think it was a one-year, $13 million deal with the Atlanta Braves. And so he's a part of that organization now. And he's going to severely help them, guys. We're talking about a group of guys. When you look at their pitching staff, like I don't know if people have realized this, but they were pretty good last year. They got great mileage out of a dude like Anibal Sanchez. They had Fulci Nuevitz out there just destroying people. He's not the same pitcher this year. Mike Soroka's been okay. Um, Max Fried's been okay. But they, when you look at what the team is doing as a whole, outside of those two dudes, everything else has been awful in terms of pitching. Um, they need some assistance, and it has to happen for them. Quickly, So enter Dallas Keuchel, who will be able to assume the role of help that they need. They're trying to, you know, make a postseason push. And hopefully, you know, this is the, the thing that stabilizes their pitching. He immediately bumps up the staff. OK, and so they immediately become much more of a quality group of guys with his presence. That's just that's just first and foremost. Um, it's a one year deal, though. So it's like. You waited, you waited, you waited, and this is really all they got out of it. So it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, to me personally, I feel like there are, um, you know, like, I I just don't know with the state of baseball today, all this waiting, and it only amounted to that for him, which is pretty weird. Um, But anyway, signed, and he should be a great uh, piece to that team. Also signed this week, uh, Craig Kimbrell. And these guys had to, of course, wait like we discussed till after the draft that was this week. And there's a whole lot of wonky stuff around the draft. And in terms of uh, draft pick compensation, they would have uh, any team that would have signed one of those dudes uh, ahead of that draft would have had to given up a pick to their respective former teams. But you wait till. 11 p.m. this past Monday, and you don't have to give that pickup anymore. So that was the case. Everybody was waiting for that. Um, so Kimbrough signs with the Cubs. The Rays were in on it. They were they aggressively pursued him, and as I understand it, uh, attendance is a large was a large part in the decision. Um, Craig Kimbrough was excited to go to Wrigley and experience that environment, 
and probably not excited to go play in a empty dome. So yeah, um, so he signs a three-year deal, I think reportedly worth $39 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, so that looks like a much better deal for him, but he has stability to the closer situation in Chicago. We obviously know that they have you know, had issues in the past, um, and so they just bring in another guy who's been there before. And one thing I'll say is, you got, you know, this isn't for both teams, this isn't the end all be all, right? Like, it's not like you're signing the best players ever. And certainly, Kimbrell has had his struggles. So, you know, you're not getting a pristine guy. Let's, you know, get that first um, out of the way. The other things to consider, too, is when are these guys coming back? And we have seen in the past where, guys have been injured because they were rushed back or tried to bring them along too quickly. These guys need to be allowed their time. There is no timetable, okay? Especially if you are the Cubs, don't there needs to be no timetable because you are all like you're you're doing okay. Yes, you need them, but you guys are doing okay. And on the other side of things for Atlanta, I know they're scrapping, but again, you just got to keep at it till he's ready. And it sounds like Kaiko may be ready a little bit sooner. But you want to give these guys a chance to go through the spring training processes. Get your body ready the way it's normally used to. And then after that, you send them down to the minors. It's not at the same time. It's not together. It's not one instead of the other. They have to have a spring training sort of simulation. And then they have to go down there to the minors to get the bat speed together. If you rush a dude and don't allow this to happen in its natural course of time... He's only going to get hurt or be ineffective. So I have no interest in seeing either one of these dudes this month. Let's put it to you that way, right? I think that if I'm the Cubs, I don't even care if you wait wait till the All-Star break, um, as long as things don't get hairy. But certainly, and most foremost, let them take their time. These guys are obviously going to be excited, and they're going to want to you know, prove their mettle. But um, you want to let it coalesce in the amount of time that it takes and maybe not rush it. So I know a part of the signing them are the agents playing those games and saying the right things. And well, my guy can be ready, you know, an X amount of day. Don't I wouldn't worry about that. And if you're a fan of those teams, don't put that pressure on that guy because ultimately if you do, you'll be disappointed with the outcome and you'll end up wondering in October why you guys did not just wait. couple of guys have been cleared to return, and we should talk about it. Now, I've got four guys that I want to touch on. Two of them are on the same team, but some key additions for some of these clubs. Now, let's talk about the team that has two guys coming back first. This is the Colorado Rockies. Charlie Blackman and their closer, Wade Davis, is coming back. They're both back. They've been activated. They're ready to roll. I we talked about Blackman earlier. Not a great um, scenario today, but he's leading off against the lefty. But you got to get him in there. But moving forward, this makes that lineup so much more dangerous. And now you can see after we had the discussion earlier about that lineup, just how long it gets. So his addition just speaks volumes to their ability to, number one, crush it at home and remain 
you know, competitive on the road. Obviously, Wade Davis is a, you know, uh, was a big part of what they did last year, and they have him back is huge now too. So it's been a great week for Colorado because on the heels of getting these guys back, they've been playing the best ball they've been playing all year. Arenado's heating up. It's just a good time to be a fan of the Rockies right now as they're getting these two key guys back. So that's that's positive to see, and we're happy they're returning. Um, also coming back, also already in the lineup, also already smashed a home run, Didi Gregorius. Um, the Yankees really felt it when, when he went down, and now he's back. So this, again, adds to the length of that lineup. They have been a great team all year. They have maintained first place. Um, after they took it over from Tampa Bay and they really got out the gates um, in a very positive way and just been playing good ball all year and getting maximum effort from everybody. And now Didi's returning. Let's not make this out to be a small thing. Here's a guy that smashed 27 bombs for them last year, drove in 86 runs, um, over 500 plate appearances. This is a guy that only strikes out 12.1% of the time. Um, yeah, he's got an ISO north of 200. That's 226. Yeah, and he's got a WOBA of 350. These are all numbers from last year. So very, very good numbers. Again, if you're unfamiliar with the numbers, we've gone over all this stuff before. You should go back, take a look at some of the stuff we touched on. But everything suggests that this is positive for them. He's a really good bat for that ballpark, and I'm excited to see that swing again. So the Yankees can welcome back Didi. Um, and as I said, already homered, which is great. Um, now, the, uh, the final guy that I want to touch on is Corey Dickerson, and he's returning for the Pirates. Again, not a small deal. Um, this is a guy that had an ISO of 3.0, excuse me, um, what was it? Oh, so, I'm sorry, not ISO, a BABIP of 3.33, average of 300 last year that's what he finished the year with Wova of 341 I mean he's he's been the man for them um 500 plate appearances not a whole lot of home runs but he can get on he can make things happen right um so just a solid bat that's coming back this makes that pirate lineup that much longer you're looking at Gregor Polanco Josh Bell Starling Marte now you get Corey Dickerson at the top of this thing too. Um, there's a there's a lot of positive stuff here and this team doesn't get a lot of the recognition that they should because they're in the tough division and all the talks gonna be about, um, you know, the, the Cardinals and the Cubs and the Brewers. But look, these guys are hanging in. They're, they're, not, they're just a couple of games out. They're playing well. Josh Bell's having an amazing season, but no one will talk about it. No one will talk about it. Just absolutely crushing the ball. So... You know, getting Corey Dickerson back, huge bump for the Rockies, and I'm excited to see how quickly he'll be able to uh, get up to pace, get up to speed, and, and really make uh, an impact in the lineup. So those are some guys that are returning to action, and you know, this is important for season long too. Obviously, at this point, these guys have probably already been picked up if for some strange reason they haven't. You know what to do. But um, yeah, very important information for people playing, whether it's daily, seasonal, or you know, whether you're just a sports fan, baseball fan, you just want to know. So you can look out for those guys. So unfortunately, we need to 
discuss the state of the Phillies with what's been going on with them. And uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know that Andrew McCutcheon has torn his uh, ACL and it will be requiring surgery. He will miss the rest of the season. And so, you know, it's just sad to see for him uh, because he was playing so well. Um, He was basically in a good rhythm um, and now he's out for the year. Um, So prayers for that man as he tries to recover and hopefully come back next season. Um, But he was doing a great job leading off for them. And so there's seriously a void to fill now. So we do need to talk about the Phillies and, you know, some of the things that they're going to try to do to get a handle on the situation Um, because it's worth, you know, it's worth going over basically. Now, um, right away, you obviously have to put him on the, you know, the DL and start to make room for other guys. Um, And we know that they have like Kingery and things like that. But um, there's some additional talents here, too, that we could see. So, for example, um, they have uh, a kid that they called up yesterday, um, outfielder Adam Hazley, who's going to play. looks like he's going to do the replacement. Now, they like him. He's from Lee Valley, Lehigh Valley, Illinois. Um, they like him. He's okay. Um, and But they, like, I'll just put it to you this way. He wouldn't be here if McCutcheon wasn't hurt. There's, there was no plan to bring him up this year. And they didn't think he was ready. Um, so much so that they signed McCutcheon. Does that make sense? So this is a guy that we're seeing um, that's just kind of been thrown in there, right? So we're going to get to see how quickly he can adapt and maybe he surprises us. But I don't have a whole lot of um, you know, expectation there. They do have Scott Kingery, so you know that Kingery is probably going to, you know, platoon with him a little bit, I guess. And today they went with Kingery, but you have Housley. um, And so between those two, they're going to try to fill that position. They also went out and got Jay Bruce, Grandpa Bruce, who just does it all, man. Jay, hold my beer, Bruce. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but he made a spectacular old man leaping catch earlier in the week out in the outfield, out in left field. Um, dude was playing right field last week. I mean, he'll do it all, right? He'll do it. He's going to be pitching for Arizona next week if they need. But um, he's just a gamer, so he's stepped in and really been swinging the hot bat. But we will see if this team can remain unaffected. They're 10 games above 500, 37 and 27. They're first place in the NL East. Um, but teams that want to be closing in on them, and teams that want to be you know, pouncing on this situation um, to kind of see, you know, if they fall apart here. So a lot of eyes on the Phillies, and it'll be interesting to see if they are able to, you know, kind of keep things going or if they falter a little bit. And maybe, and we need to kind of figure out who else is going to step up here. Harper's been pretty quiet, but, you know, you got to kick it in gear now. The Braves just signed Dallas Keiko. They're only two games back of the Phillies here. Only two games back. The Mets are only six and a half back, so and they've been playing better ball than most people want to admit, honestly. Um, but it's not over, and you definitely got to worry about the Braves. So we'll see um, what the plan becomes. But for for right now, it looks like Hazley, Housley, um, and Scott Kingry, and Jay Bruce, and it's working out this week.
And finally, on this episode of the Heart of the Order, we want to end today's episode talking about a minor league baseball play that we posted on the Heart of the Order page on Facebook this week. So check that out if you didn't get a chance to see it. But long story short, the Hartford Yard Goats had a no-hitter going into the ninth. They were two outs away from the no-hitter. Uh, and Matt Lipka of the Trenton Thunder broke it up by laying down the bunt. From there, the 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 um, the benches cleared, and there was actually a fight because a player bunted for a hit. Um, so here's the thing: like, let me add this to it. It wasn't a regular no hitter. It was a no hitter over four different pitchers, okay? So I find it just absolutely ridiculous that the benches would clear over this. Like, what is the dude supposed to do? Not try to win the ball game for his team? Not try to pull this one out for his guys? Like, he's supposed to just, you know, respectfully go down hacking? I don't think so. I could see more of a case if it was one dude, and even then, I don't care. You got to do what you got to do to win. But this is one of those unwritten rules in baseball that I think is just absolute garbage. Um, and I don't have a problem with the fact that he bunted. And if I was this dude, the only thing that I would need to be thinking about is what type of celebration I would be doing when I land safely on first base when we ultimately win this game. So that's it. Something to fire you up on the end there. Again, if you didn't see the play Go ahead and check us out on the Facebook page and you can review that. But this has been this week's episode of The Heart of the Order. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I'm your guy, Ralph Lark, right here every time. You know how to catch us. All that information that I mentioned at the top of the show about where to find us and what to do. It is all also on the Heart of the Order page. There are links to the Twitter page, the Facebook page, links to the Spotify uh, podcast listings links to our podcast in the apple store so check it out at the uh, heart of the order page on our website www.tigerbombsae.com and we will catch you next time tiger bombers the heart of the order is brought to you by tiger bomb sports audio entertainment llc